Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Los Angeles Kings. Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here at IAD Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, IADsports.com, where you can find all of our team previews as well as our NHL content there. But if you're joining us here on YouTube, you can find it all on YouTube as well. And since you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, join the conversation down below by dropping a comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up because we're going to be previewing every single NHL team leading up to October the beginning of the NHL season. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're already one of our followers, thank you so much for all of your support because we greatly value your support. But let's get on with this and talk about the LA Kings. I'm Brian. He's Tom. How are you doing today, Tom? Here we go. This is our LA preview. This is a team who had seen a lot of success in the last decade, but now they're sort of uh, on the rebuilding track, trying to get back to where they were. So um, uh, let's just get right to it. Let's get right to it indeed by talking about their 2020 and 2021 team facts. So let's talk first about what their record was was last year in a 56-game season. So their record last year was 21-28-7. That's 21 wins to 28 losses to 7 overtime losses. They finished 6th in the NHL West division last year. How were they on the power play and penalty kill? Glad you asked. Power play wise, they were just slightly above league average, uh, finishing at 18.93% on the power play. That is just a couple ticks above league average. And penalty kill wise, they finished a couple ticks above league average as well. Their penalty kill was 83.65%. That is about 3% above the league average. So not bad to the LA Kings last year, a team that is still, you know, by all accounts, rebuilding. So who were their leading scorers last year? Well, their leading scorer was Anze Kopitar with 50 points. Next was Drew Doughty with 34 points. And lastly, Dustin Brown with 31 points. Pretty surprising to see Dustin Brown in that conversation, but we're going to be getting back into that a little bit later. Um, Next, let's talk about some additions and not-so-subtractions to this team because they certainly had more better additions than they did subtractions. So first, let's talk about additions. So over the offseason, they added Philip Deneau, Alexander Edler, Victor Arvidsson, and Garrett Sparks. Some key players here, Philip Deneau, Alexander Edler, and Victor Arvidsson are very big pieces to this LA Kings team this year. Subtractions? Only Matt Luff and Mark Alt. They really didn't lose that much in this offseason. A lot of the old brigade is back, and a lot of their prospects are coming up as well. Certainly, we will be talking about that in this video as well. But moving right along, we're going to talk about some X factors on this team. Who is going to be pivotal to this team's success, as well as pivotal to maybe their even their downfall? So, Tom... I've talked enough as per usual as we've done these previews so far. So I'm going to start with you. Um, who are some X factors on the Los Angeles Kings? Right now I'm going to tell you two of them. 
Those are the two guys who'll be flanking Anze Kopitar on the first line um, per daily face off there. Alex, I follow. And then I know you have Dustin Brown there, and I'm, I don't want to ruin our um, uh, depth chart here, but I was just reading on daily face off. They're thinking it's going to be Victor Arvidsson playing on the first line on the right side. So those two guys are two big X factors. I know I follow got his payday, but the guy has never scored, you know, more than 20 goals, he's never even hit the 20 goal threshold. So you got to hope that with that payday now, he's going to pot you at least 20 or 25 in a full 82-game season. Another guy here, Victor Arvidsson. He's been there before. He's had his decent seasons where he scored, you know, and I'm sorry for uh, holding us up here. He scored 31 and 34 goals. But Victor Arvidsson has been steadily declining over the past couple of seasons. And you got to hope Victor Arvidsson can, you know, he can rediscover that scoring touch that he had over in Nashville. So those are going to be two big X factors on that first line with Anze, Anze Kopitar. Because this team, from what I'm looking at right now, is already very weak on the wings. And if those guys don't produce, uh-oh, there's going to be some trouble in L.A. Yeah, and I do agree on that in that regard. But I'm going to save my thoughts on Dustin Brown as we talk about X-Factors here. So I've got a couple people in mind when I think of X-Factors here. First, let's start with who just got paid on this team. Alex Ayafalo. After three years of 30 or more points, uh... Ayafalo could put up career numbers this year. It's just a fact. I think it is possible that Ayafalo could put up 45 or more points this year, uh, especially if he plays alongside another X factor, center Anze Kopitar. Kopitar put up 50 points in 56 games last year. I could easily see him putting up 70 points this year, maybe even more. Kopitar also surpassed 1,000 career points last year, and at 33 years old, he's going to be hungry for even more points in the years to come. So lastly, I actually say that Dustin Brown is another X factor here. And a lot of people are so quick to write off Dustin Brown. Oh, he's 36 years old. He's on the wrong side of his career. Yada, 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 yada. Here's the thing. Here's the facts. When he played on line one last year with Anze Kopitar, he was effective. And... He hasn't been a relative name, uh, not relative, relevant name for the LA Kings since the last time they won the Stanley Cup in 2014. Sorry, Tom, they beat the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, yes, we yeah, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but last year, he had a career renaissance with 31 points in 49 games last year. And a lot of those points came when he was playing on the first line with Anze Kopitar. So that being said, Brown looked very good when he played on the top line with Kopitar and I follow last year, and I would love to see him continue with that success going into his age 36 season. And I think honestly, that's where he's been most effective. Victor Arvidsson is a type of player that I feel like could be effective if you play him on the second line. And I don't think his role is diminished. If you play him on the second line, he's still going to get quite a number of minutes and could find success on that second line especially when we talk about who I could be pairing him with when we get into our opening lineup preview. It's the only reason why I had Brown on the top line, just because I simply just loved how he looked on the first line last year. But, you know, anything's possible. He could take a step backwards this year. I don't know. Next, let's talk about some breakout candidates. Who could be up for a career year this year? Tom, I'll start with you. Who is your breakout candidate for the Los Angeles Kings? Now, I want to say Quinton Byfield here. And I was a big Byfield fan before the draft last year and before, coincidentally, um, uh, my favorite team got the number one overall pick, Alexi Lafreniere. So my uh, fandom for Byfield kind of went out the window then. But the problem with Byfield is this. A lot of times when Byfield is finally on the biggest stage, like, example, the World Juniors, 
he doesn't seem to live up to the hype. And, you know, he had a decent year last year in the minors playing for the Ontario Rand, who is um, the Kings AHL affiliate. But I, I just don't know if his first year here in the NHL, if he's going to be a full-time NHL, I don't know how well it's going to translate for him. I really don't. I really don't. So I want to say he's a breakout candidate, but it wouldn't surprise me if he has a lackluster year. The guy I'm going to go with here, I would probably say Philip Deneau. Deneau, you know, proved himself in Montreal last year, got himself a nice deal in L.A. Um, I know you have him, you have your line set a little different than what I read on Daily Faceoff. But, you know, we, we said how well Dustin Brown and Anze Kopitar played together. If Brown plays on the second line with Philip Deneau, that might be a good partnership. So, you know, you have to hope on the first one, like I said before, that Ayafalo and Arvidsson, you know, can, um, you know, Ayafalo can become that 25-goal scorer. And maybe Arvidsson can get himself back in the high 20s, low 30s with the goal scoring. And if that's the case, and if Dustin Brown can, you know, keep his renaissance going for at least another year, you have Philip Deneau feed him the puck, who was one of the better second-line centers in the league last year. So I'm going to go with Philip Deneau here as my breakup, as my breakout, not break up, breakout candidate. I mean, Deneau could break up the band, but even still. So, all right, you won't go with Quentin Byfield? Fine. I'm going to go with Quentin Byfield here. He was the number two overall pick from 2020. And honestly, the only reason why I go with him, he's protected in this lineup behind Anze Kopitar and Philip Deneau. He's got a no-pressure type of situation here. He's not going to be asked to take on insane minutes. He's not being asked to take on first-line minutes in his first full NHL season. He's just going to go in and just play hockey and get his situations and you know be groomed into that top slot. And... I think he's going to be given plenty of opportunity to succeed. I could see Byfield being in that conversation for the Calder, Calder Trophy this year if he gets to play in a bigger role for the LA Kings, which it is entirely possible in all actuality. So next, let's talk about the potential opening night lineup for the LA Kings. Yes, this is a, is a little bit controversial, and I'll explain myself in variables as I always do with these variables. But let's just go ahead and talk about this right now. Let's talk about what their opening lineup, opening night lineup could look like in October. And like I've said in previous videos, it's August right now. Realistically, a lot of things could change between now and October. So if I say some things that end up being wrong, okay, that's fine. No worries. So first, let's start with forward line one. As I alluded to before, we've got from left to right, so starting with left wing, center, and then right wing, we've got Alex Ayafalo, Anze Kopitar, and Dustin Brown. Yes, I said Dustin Brown on the top line at 36 years old, but I've already justified why I like that. So we're just going to work with that. Next, on the second line, we've got Alexander Kempe, Philip Deneau, and Victor Arvidsson, which, to be honest... This might be one of the best lines on this team and could be a very potent line. And it provides one big thing for the LA Kings, lineup balance. You know, I think Victor Arvidsson might be a little bit more effective on this line. That's just me. That's that dirty O word called my opinion. Next, moving on to line three, we've got Trevor Moore, Quentin Byfield, and Andreas Athanasiu, the lightning bolt fast man. Next, moving on to line four, Jarrett Anderson Dolan, Blake Lazat, and Gabriel Velarde, who could be set for his first full NHL season this year. Moving on to the defense, 
On line one, we've got Mikey Anderson, Andrew Downey. Moving on to defense line two, we've got Alexander Edler and Sean Walker. And moving on to line three, we've got rookie Tobias Bjornfot and Matt Roy. Next, we're looking at our goaltending, which I went with a 1A, 1B situation here because I th simply think it's going to be cut straight down the middle 50-50 here. So number one, we've got goalie 1A, Cal Peterson, and then goalie 1B, the veteran Jonathan Quick. And yes, I know it's weird not seeing Jonathan Quick in that 1A situation, but I just simply think Cal Peterson is ready to take on that 1A role in Los Angeles. So now we're going to talk about some variables here with this lineup. So what, what things could change between now and October? What things could change from October to March? So Tom, I'll start with you. What are some variables here in your mind for the LA Kings? Well, one player who's not projected to make this team out of training camp is another highly regarded player was a teammate of Trevor Zegers, who we previously spoke about, um, who's over in Anaheim now. And that's Alex Turcotte. Um, Turcotte has been a player who's proven himself at the college level, proved himself over in Europe for a while, proved himself at the World Juniors last year. And if you look at his totals last year in the AHL and the Ontario range, six goals, 15 points, six goals, 15 assists, 21 points in 32 games. That over an 82-game season is equivalent to, say, about 53 points. Now, if Quinton Byfield comes in and chokes on it, and, you know, is the Quinton Byfield who sort of uh, – gets haunted by the spotlight and gets stage fright. I can usually see Quinton Byfield going down to Ontario and Alex Turcotte coming up to LA in midseason if it's not working out. So I think that's a, bit, a big variable to see where, where Alex Turcotte is. It could very well be that Byfield comes into training camp and doesn't dazzle. And then they say, okay, well, listen, you got to go down to AHL for some seasoning, and we're going to have Turcotte on the third line to start the season. Another big one is how well this team does going into the end of the season. Remember, you have guys like Kopitar and Dowdy there. Now, I don't, well, I don't think they'll ever trade Kopitar. Say if a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, who still needs that um, big-time number one defenseman, you know, they're still kind of playing around with that with the Morgan Riley thing. But say Toronto comes in and Toronto, say, in first place in the Atlantic Division for argument's sake, and all they need is that one last piece to break that 55-year curse. And Toronto comes calling and says, hey, Rob, hey, Robbie Blake, We'll give you this package. Will you send Dowdy over to us? Will he bite? Will it happen if it looks like LA is not going to make the playoffs? Big, so just some big question marks here. Those are um, my variables coming into this season with the LA Kings. Yeah, and I think that is a very true variable. And I think I agree, especially with Alex Turcott here. You know, could he force himself into the starting lineup? out of training camp. I think that is a big conversation to be had. I think he will look to impress in training camp. One thing I do have to note with Alex Turcott being a center here, I love, love the LA Kings current center depth right now. Think about what you potentially have over the next number of years down center. You've got Anze Kopitar, Philip Deneau, Quentin Byfield, and Alex Turcott. That's Really, really, really nice. Really nice. And do all huh? four stay though? Do all four stay? Do all four stay? That's a big question. Yeah. There's been, there's been talk behind Alex Turcott and maybe him being shopped around maybe for another prospect. So that's something to kind of stay tuned for. Um, so could Alex Turcott force his way into the lineup out of training camp? Another prospect to look out for in training camp is Arthur Kaleev, who is right now their top prospect and probably 
as close to an NHL-ready prospect as you can get. He's a player that could see himself fitting into this opening night lineup. But I could also see the Kings going the other way and just saying, hey, let's let him fester down in the AHL just a little bit longer. Let him, you know, take his bumps and bruises before being ready for the NHL level. You know, ease him into that. There's no rush at this point for the LA Kings. Um, the other big variable, will the Kings commit to playing quick and uh, Peterson as a straight tandem? You know, that is a big question. Right now we can say on paper, yeah, it's going to be 50-50, but... Jonathan Quick has also earned the right to kind of dictate that and say, no, I want 60-40 or I want 70-30. So that's going to be interesting to monitor. And then the other last thing, yes, I've gone on and said that Dustin Brown, I think, is the first line wing with Anze Kopitar. But will he honestly continue his resurgence from last year? That's kind of left to be seen. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Victor Arvidsson slots in next to Anze Kopitar on opening night. Like I said, it's just my opinion. You can agree. You can disagree. I am a non-biased fan, and I don't get angry when somebody says, no, your opinion is wrong. I like to have that discussion. So last but not least, as we wrap up our preview for the Los Angeles Kings, it's time to talk about our question of the day, which our question of the day stays the same as always. Where do the Los Angeles Kings finish in the Pacific Division? Tom, I'm going to start with you here. So... Where do the LA Kings finish this year? I'm going to go with uh, fifth place here. I think they're better than a couple of the teams that are going to finish below them, but I just don't think they're as good as, say, um, four other teams who we talked, who are going to talk about or we've talked about already. Um, two of the teams we talked about today, Calgary and Edmonton, I just don't see them being better than Calgary and Edmonton at the present time. Um, also really depends on what they do. Right now, I, I'll tell you, I don't like their wing depth right now. I just don't like it. Nice center depth. But, man, they're not looking good on the wing right now. To me, they're just not looking good. They're not looking good enough on the wing to warrant them being a playoff team at the present time. Yeah. The Los Angeles Kings are a really, really difficult team to peg. I really, and I cannot under, I can't understate this. I really like the way Rob Blake has built this team for the future. They may have the strongest center depth in the Pacific division. And if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a really exciting team to watch. Unfortunately though, I think they're realistically still one year away, but mark my words, next year is the year the Kings return to the playoffs. It, it just might not be this year. Unfortunately, it hurts me to say that they're going to be in the mix for the entire year. Mark my words there. I just say that they're going to finish sixth in the Pacific Division right now, but they're going to be a point or two out of the wild card. You know, this is going to be a team that's going to be in it all the way to the end. Mark my words there. But they're one year away, but that's no knock on the LA Kings. I really, really like what the LA Kings could become in the near future. There's a lot to look forward to in Los Angeles right now. But as always, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with what I've said, with what Thomas said? Uh, directions. I'm going to learn them at some point. It's amazing. <laughs> but if you agree, if you disagree, make sure you comment down below. Join the conversation there. And while you're commenting down below, disagreeing or agreeing with us, make sure you drop a like and also subscribe for all of our team previews coming up because, hey, the LA Kings might not be your favorite team, but we're previewing 
every team in the NHL. So you don't want to miss when we talk about your favorite team. And the only way you can do that is if you're following us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all platforms. Where else can you find us, you might ask? Glad you asked. You can find us down below at i80sports.com. You can find all of our team previews and our NHL content there. But not only can you find that, you can also find our NFL, MLS, NCAA football, and NBA content there as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at i80 underscore sports NHL. If you're already following us, Thank you so much for your support. We greatly value all of the support that we've gotten over the past year, and we'd love to have even more followers. So if you like what we're talking about, make sure you follow down below on Twitter. But that's been our analysis of the LA Kings for the 2021-2022 season. Away we go. I'm Brian. He's Tom. This has been the Los Angeles Kings team preview for 2021-2022, brought to you by IAD Sports.